Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, Church in the Valley. My name is Alex Barrett, and I am the campus pastor here. And like John mentioned, as he was giving the announcements and hosting, welcome to our grand opening at our new facility here at the Alhambra. We, uh, we have actually been here uh, since June. Don't, don't boo, this is still legitimate. But um, we've been here since June. We moved uh, in the summer. And for the past few months, we've been get, getting ready for, for this moment to welcome our family and friends and really to welcome uh, the greater uh, community. And so we've been uh, busy getting ready for, for all of you to be here. And so we are so glad that you're here. We exist to really help people begin a relationship with God. And once they do that, to learn how to grow and, and walk with him. Well, at the same time, we, we want to be a community that, that does that together. And so if this is your first time or second time, or even if you've been coming to Church in the Valley for a long time, we are so glad that you're here. Uh, we hope that you'll be able to come and, and get to know people at your own pace, come and discover more about what it means to, to walk with God. And that's, that's really why we're here. And we, we want to be able to, to help you uh, in that. And so part of the festivities today uh, is just to have some refreshments after uh, the service. And so I invite you to, uh, as you exit, to go back up into the main courtyard and we're going to have some refreshments and just to give you an opportunity to meet uh, different people. And so I encourage you, if you've never met people within the church in the valley, you see a face you don't know, uh, get, get to know the people around you. And we, we hope that you'll be able to hang out and, and uh, just eat some good food and, and enjoy uh, being together today. And so again, welcome. We're so glad that, that you guys are here uh, to worship with us. So today we're kicking off a new series over the next four weeks called Unfazed. And the goal of this series is to look at how can we flourish in life and how can we experience life really to the full? How can we experience the blessed life? And if you look on the front of your program, uh, if you don't have a program, you could raise your hand and we'll make sure that we get you one today. There's somebody over here, if we could get some programs. But on the front of that program, you'll see a picture of a tree, and you'll also see it right here. I don't know about you, when I see that tree, it looks like something that's full of growth, that's flourishing, and that's kind of how I want my life to be. I want it to be somewhere where you know, I could look at the water, and, and I'm growing, and, and life is good, and I'm expanding. But as we get older, and as we experience different things, different weights, different pressures upon us, we can sometimes feel more like this. Now, if I were to have you pick the kind of life you want, this withered tree that would just snap off if you touched it, or the image of this series, I think we'd all choose this, this picture of, of flourishing, this picture of growth. The issue is, though, is, is that doesn't just happen by living life. It's not something that you can just discover on your own. We actually need to learn how to flourish, how to move from this withered life to a life that God wants us to have. And so that's what we're going to be talking about in the next four weeks. How do we do that and flourish instead of wither? And now there's lots of things that cause us to wither, to dry up, to kind of just be spent physically, emotionally, spiritually. And the one we're going to talk about today is distraction, being distracted. How many of you would say that you are somewhat of a distracted person? How many of you didn't hear my question? Right. I, I, I have been pretty distracted my, my whole life when I was young and in elementary school. I didn't realize quite how distracted I was until I brought my parents to an open house. And as I was showing my parents my desk, my mom asked the question, 
why is your desk not with the rest of the children? And all of a sudden it was like my eyes open and I thought, I don't know. I I just thought I was like special and I got to be by myself away from everyone else. And I was a talker and I was distracted. And because I was a talker and I was distracted, I tended to distract those around me. And so you may be a distracted person, but you also may be someone that distracts others. You don't have to raise your hand for that. Just make a lot of noise, right? But it's easy to be distracted. And so distraction, if you look at the definition, distraction is a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. And this happens every day we get distracted. We're trying to do something. And as we focus to do it, our mind goes somewhere else. You guys experience that? I I know I do. And another part of that definition is extreme agitation of the mind or emotions. This is when we're extremely distracted. The sense is you're trying to focus, you're trying to accomplish something. And as you do that, you think about something else. And so you're here to focus and then you get pulled in this direction. But the hard thing is, as you're pulled in this direction, part of you is still over here. And as you think of this thing, you're pulled from there to here. And then you know what happens as you try to focus on this thing? You get distracted by something else. And then you get pulled over here. And before you know it, there's like three parts of you scattered on your list of all that you have on your plate. And I, I, I fight this in, in my daily life. And what happens is over time is this, this actually withers us out. Uh, we can be distracted by many things. And I was just thinking of this a few days ago. What are the things that distracted us? And I just decided, what if I were to pick a letter of the alphabet and thought of all the things that distracted me that started with that letter? So I picked N. Actually, I just made a list and they all started with N. And I thought, well, let's just go with it. Here's some things that distract me. News. Does news distract you? You hear something and it frustrates you? Or you just, you get kind of fired up, emotional about something you hear on the news? Needs. Are there things like needs that you have that you're not sure how it's going to happen and you're distracted by it? It's just something that's just bothering you. Nuisances. There are nuisances in your life, things that you just are bothered by, things that you wish were all together, but they're kind of unraveling and they're just these nuisances that you can't seem to kind of pull together. Nagging deadlines. Just at work, you have lots of things you have to do. And so you come home and you want to be all in where you are at home and you want to be, if you're, you're married, you want to be where your spouse is. And if you have kids, you want to be where your kids are. Or if you have roommates, you want to be there and, and just enjoy. But as you're relating, you just have these nagging deadlines, all these things in the back of your head. I don't know about you, but I think in any given day, a moment, all those are happening at once. And we're distracted by so much. And then there's a thing that started a few years ago that added just fuel to the fire. And it distracts us even more. And over time, what happens is we get distracted, we get distracted. And things that adds fuel to the fire, there's a, there's a slide here of it. If you put that on there. Social media. Now, the, the thing that, like, I'm, I'm a little bit older than some of you younger crew. The little ghost thing, is that Snapchat? Okay. I was literally sitting out there thinking, like, oh, I should have found out what that was. Because for me, I just think Pac-Man, like any of the older, right? Like, like, why is he talking about social media and Pac-Man? But like, it's Snapchat. That's another thing to be distracted by. Okay, but 
Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Here's something that's happening in my life recently. I go on Facebook because I want to kind of find out what's happening. And as I go on, I get distracted. I just go down this like rabbit hole. And sometimes it's helpful. And then sometimes I'm like, why am I learning about this random thing that adds nothing to my life? And then someone posts an article about something. And then you read that and then that just kind of wells up emotions. And you're like, I can't deal with that. I need to watch a funny video on YouTube. And then you watch that and you're like, I wonder if anyone has tweeted about that video. And before you know it, you're distracted even more. What happens over time, these kinds of distractions that now are ramped up even more through social media, these just hollow out our lives. Because what happens is when we're distracted by all these things, and some of them are good, when we're distracted by all these things, we, we wither because we're not making forward progress. When we're always distracted, we're, we're not focused on what we need to focus. And so ultimately, I need help and you need help. And the good thing is, as you decide to investigate Christianity and if you decide to follow Christ, not only can you have help, but if, when you follow Jesus, you have power now to change. You have power to actually say no to distraction. And you can have help through a relationship with Jesus Christ to actually make progress in life. And you can be unfazed by distraction. And so I want to talk about how to do that. And we're going to be digging into the scriptures to look at that. But what are some ways that you deal with distraction right now? Real briefly, just take 10 seconds. What are things that you're distracted by now? So when I ask that and I say take 10 seconds, you have to open the box of distraction and then close it. Because what will happen is if you open the box of distraction and don't close it, we're just going to be hanging out for the next 45 minutes really stressed out. Okay, so open it. What are the things that distract you? And I'm going to count down from 10. 10, 9, 8. Some of you think I can't even think because you're counting. 7, 6, 5. Box is open. It's starting to close. 4, 3, 2, 1. We all have things. We all have things that we're distracted by. But what are the things that you do to deal with your distraction? Are you a to-do list person? Do you love to-do lists? And you think, I just got to get this down on paper. If it's not on paper, I'm not going to accomplish this, right? I, I can tend to be that person where if it's all in my mind, it's just swirling around, I need to write it down. And there's even apps you can use to do that, like task apps. But as soon as you open your phone to like write down, you're like, oh, can you go back to that dark hole of social media? Anyone else do that, right? So maybe just a piece of paper is helpful, but you may just write it down. How many of you, if you do this, maybe you do another thing too, do you just like to get alone by yourself? You're so distracted that you just need to get away from everyone around you and just find a place where you can be quiet. And some of you may even, you know, like you just, you try to meditate. You try to just clear your mind. And meditation's actually become something that you've seen in just more and more popular in today's world because... I think we're more distracted than we've ever been. But the issue with meditation is, what do you think about? Have you tried that? Sometimes as you're trying to think about what you shouldn't think about, what do you end up thinking about? That just got me confused saying it. That's how it is. Sometimes you're just trying to clear your mind and trying to focus and trying to get peace and you just, you can't. And sometimes to-do lists, it just, you don't have enough paper. So you just kind of keep hitting this wall. 
So again, we need help beyond what we can write down. We need help beyond just getting away. And this is where following Jesus makes a difference. He actually wants to help us. And so I want to dig in by looking at some keys to deal with distraction that's a daily threat for us. And I think for all of us, distraction is a daily threat. We may not even look for it, but it comes looking for us. And what we're going to be doing over the next four weeks is we're going to be digging into the scripture to speak about this daily threat. How do we actually deal with it? And we're going to be looking in the book of Psalms, which is found in the Old Testament of the Bible. And the book of Psalms is really a picture that today in our world we can use just like they did thousands of years ago to, to focus on what is true. And the Psalms in the scriptures, if you're not familiar with it, have been used as kind of these songs that people have sang or, or these poems that people will read. And it's in the middle of everything that we have going on in our world. It's to bring focus. Because the thing that we need in the middle of distraction is we need focus. We need a direction to go. And what happens is as you focus on God's word, the focus comes. And you can actually make some progress. So we have to deal with the distraction that is a, a daily threat to us. And so I want to start by reading Psalm 1, which is kind of where we got the picture uh, for this series. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down a little bit. You, you can read it up here on the screen. This is what it says. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Verse 3, it says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So in this first psalm, you get this picture of the flourishing life versus the withered life. And if this psalm is true, if you believe this, or it at least like sparks your interest, then it's showing a choice that we have to make. And that choice is as we get distracted, we can easily miss the flourishing life. And we can get on the path to the withered life without even thinking, without even realizing we can end up at a destination that we don't want to be. And so this psalm has just some specific things that we can do. And so I want to just break those down for us this morning. For you to deal with distraction and this withering that comes upon us, the first thing you need to do is you need to steer our mind away. All of us need to steer our mind away from wrong thinking. So the picture in the psalm is good water source, a clean water source versus a contaminated water source. Have you ever gone for a cup of water that's been in your house and you thought it was the cup that you poured this morning only to find out that it's the cup of water that you've been looking for for three weeks? That was a very specific example. But if you've ever done that, you know the difference between fresh water and water that's somewhat contaminated. If you drink the water that's been sitting there and sitting there and sitting there, you immediately spit it out. It's disgusting. But when you get fresh water, and here in Southern California, that may be buying a Brita. But if you get fresh water and you drink it, it's, it's satisfying. And that's what happens in the same way with wrong thinking. Wrong thinking is this contaminated water 
that doesn't give life to us. Clean water is what brings life to living things. We need it. Animals need it. Plants need it. Trees need it. But it's so easy in our life to be distracted and for the source of water to be contaminated. And so we have to steer away from this. And this is what you find in the first verse. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. You'll see a progression here. This idea of standing, or sorry, it's walking, standing, sitting. It's this this picture of things that, that pull us. And so these are the things that can contaminate our thinking, things that distract us. And the three pictures here, the first is this idea of walking in the counsel of the wicked. The wicked there is really defined as ungodly. And all of us, no matter if you have a relationship with Jesus or you don't, we can all be distracted by ungodliness. So ungodliness is really life lived without God as a factor in reality. We make goals, we make decisions, and God is not a factor. We choose the direction of our life, and God is not a factor. So this, this is just people that factor life in. What's important? What's the good life? The best? They do it based on their own view of what is right, their own view of good. But this is... you. You walking in the counsel of the ungodly is just realities defined by ourselves. And this can be a major distraction in life because if reality is defined by ourselves, then it's so subjective. We actually don't know what right or wrong is. And it can become whatever you feel. As long as it makes you happy. The problem with the mantra, as long as it makes you happy, is what if your happiness actually comes against someone else? And while it makes you happy, it can crush somebody else. What do you do? Who, who wins there? And so we have to watch out for a contaminated source of just a way of life without God being a factor. You see that in the universities. You see that in family life. You see that in communities. You see that all around us. We're going to live life, and we're just going to do it based on what we think is right. And God's not a factor at all. Well, that's going to lead you down a certain path. Because if God is a factor and he is real, but we don't include him in our thinking, we're going down a path without him. And that can be very dangerous. So that's the first distraction. This this just counsel of the wicked, the the ungodly. God is not a factor. The, The second source is this standing in the way of sinners. When you stand in the way of sinners, it's it's kind of a little bit further on in distraction. This is When people not just don't factor God in, but they think, how can I get around what is right? How can I make shortcuts around God's law? That's what's found in the scriptures, his law. But also even maybe the law of the land. Have you ever been approached by someone in your life that kind of wanted you to cut a corner, maybe at work? It's like, well, it's fine. You can do that. And it's like, it's a little, it's, it's just bending what's right, bending the rules, don't you love that description? You, you just bend the rules. Did you guys know that rules are like flexible? Like they can be bent. Actually, they really can. It's like there's right and there's wrong. But this idea of if God's not a factor, then we'll take all sorts of shortcuts to do what we want, to get what we want, to please ourselves. And so we can cheat and we can burn people. And we've experienced that. If people have done that to us or if we've done that, we can look back and we can see the withered 
life. Just dying and decaying trees that are broken in our path. So we have to watch out. We can't walk near the ungodly and then we can't sit and be near the counsel of the wicked. And the, the last one is that, that sitting in the seat of scoffers. And so you see this progression. God's not a factor to not only is he not a factor, but I'm just going to go around what's right. To the third, making fun of God. Because if he's not a factor and I can do whatever I want, that's the idea of, of scoffing. Then I'm just going to make fun of God and his ways. They're ridiculous. They limit our freedom. We can't experience life if we're limited by moral right and wrong. And these distract us. And without knowing it, these things get into our mind. And we begin to think, you know what? I, I can do this on my own. I can figure life out. But what happens is we get to the end of this path and we are really dried up. And so that's what the, the, the psalm is saying. This, this distraction comes at us from all different places. And we get to the point where we realize we don't know the way ahead anymore. So we have to steer our mind away from these contaminated sources. If we don't, we're just going to keep getting distracted, keep getting off track. The picture is somebody that just can't make progress in life. Because you keep, you keep trying to make progress, but as you cut corners, it's not a shortcut. It's a detour, and you go right back to the beginning. Have you ever gotten lost? And in getting lost, you've gone back to the place you started? It's like the most frustrating thing ever. You lose time if you get lost driving. But if you get lost in life, you, you lose years. So the picture is the contaminated water. You, you will lose years of your life. So what do we do? Well, the psalmist gives us instruction for the next thing. And that is that once we steer our mind from wrong thinking, we need to focus our mind on God's truth. This is the idea that as you replace distraction... And get rid of it, you have to put something else in your mind. And for those that follow Christ, the thing that you have to put in your mind is God's word, the Bible, his truth, his view of things. That now needs to become the lens in which you see out of, your perspective. Because if you get rid of the distraction, you now need something to guide you, to think differently. And so the psalmist goes on in Psalm 1-2 so as you avoid the contamination, here's what you need to do. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. The delight here is this picture of something that is highly valuable to you. Like it brings joy to you. The picture I have of delight here is if you've ever had a child and you haven't seen that child and then you see that like a baby and they just look at you and you're, you know, I do that. I'm, I'm, I get a little bit over aggressive in my delight, especially kids. I don't know. I freak them out. Okay. But it's just, I'd have, hi, yo, you were so big. You're so cute. You guys do that, right? Like, come on. It all got quiet. Very like, Oh, what is kind of a church? But that's the picture of delight. It's like this picture of like this new life. And it's just, Oh my goodness. Right. You guys, especially the men in here, you're, you're acting like you don't know what you're I'm talking about, right? But, okay, we delight in lots of different things. But it's that, that picture of it just, it just brings joy to you. But what's crazy 
is we never equate most of the time the Bible with that kind of delight. If you grew up in church, the Bible is like, could have been the most boring thing you've ever heard. If you didn't grow up in church, the Bible could be the most boring thing you never heard. Right? It could be a coaster at your house that collects dust. It could be somebody like me who talks about it and you're like, what's he even saying? But the picture is to get away from the contamination and to flourish, you have to delight. You have to learn to delight in God's word. Well, how, how does that happen? Well, I think this is key perspective that we all need. For us to be blessed, this is like happy. For us to be happy, to delight in God's word, it means that we have to believe that he has something to tell us. And you may never have seen the Bible like that. It may be this document that you're a little skeptical of, or it's confusing. But really, the Bible is God's word, his view of how life works. And as you read it, God can speak to you, and you can delight in that. Because you're hearing things and news and truth that you may have never heard anywhere else. And so it's that delight of sharing something that changed your outlook on something. There's an excitement there. And that's what God's word is. God of the universe, who knows everything, has given us his word. And he has something to tell us. The way you deal with distraction is you have to push that things out of your mind and fill it with what God wants to tell us. That's really the journey of the Christian life. Learning what God wants to tell us and then living it out. And then learning more of what God wants to tell us and living it out. And you just do that over and over. And as you do it, you're just like this branches that are connected to the water and you flourish. Because God's word keeps getting rid of the contaminated sources. And we, we all need, need that. But if you've ever tried to read the Bible, sometimes that is when the most distraction comes. And I don't know if you've ever tried to like spend your time reading the Bible. For me, I don't know what it is, but I will forget something and then I'll have time to read the Bible. And the thing that I forgot two days ago, I'll remember. Does that ever happen to you? Like, oh, I, I got to do that. And then you, you can go and be distracted. So the very idea of distraction distracts us from the thing that helps us from distraction, which is reading God's word. The phone rings, you get a text, if you have kids at home, it's like the prime time, like where everything blows up at once. And that can happen. Because there's things that work against us because that, that water, once it gets into our life, we're different people. So you have to fight and it's a battle. You have to fight and you have to battle against the distractions. And you've got to get into God's law. And this is how his law is, is how life works. God's determined reality. He's the creator. So he gets the terms. And he gets to determine how life works. And that's in every area. Relationships. He gets to determine what good relationships are versus bad relationships. And you know you find the difference is in his word. He gets to determine what success is. Versus unsuccess. And you know how? You, you read it in God's word. In every area of life. What does it mean to buy, be financially wise? You can find it in God's word. What does it mean to be a good parent? You can find it in God's word. Why? Because God is God. And he knows 
reality. So as we steer our mind from wrong thinking, we need to focus on his word. And then the third part of the psalm gives us this this promise of what, what happens when we do that. When we focus our mind and when we know where to lead our mind, we can experience joy. So knowing where to lead our mind is the key to joy. We can experience that. And the last part of the psalm gives this picture of, of prosperous. And so staying focused on God's way, on God's ways, it, it makes us prosper. This is how we're unfazed. Because we're tapped into truth. And truth is the only thing that can help us against what is false. It sounds very plain, but in life, distraction and that extreme agitation that we experience being pulled in different directions, what we need is focus. And God's word can focus us. What am I supposed to do in this situation? You have option A, B, C, and D, and you can be so overwhelmed and distracted. God's word can focus you. I've messed up, and I've hurt this person, and I don't know what to do. And you're distracted by this overwhelming guilt of something that you've done, something that could have been years and years ago. What can God's word do? It can give you the path to restitution. It can give you the path to experience forgiveness. And you can actually focus on the here and now and not be plagued by your past. That happens as you steer your mind away from it. You focus on God's word. And this last part is you prosper over time as this happens. In Psalm 1-3, I'm going to end here, but he's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. What this looks like practically is in your life as you experience these distractions and pulling you in different ways. And as you're trying to like figure out what success is, you have all sorts of sources telling you what success is. You have all sorts of sources telling you what good is, what bad is, what's right, what's wrong. The key is, how do you know out of all the options which way to go? And the prosperous life comes when you settle the fact that I have a lot of questions and I have a lot of issues, but do I believe that God's way is the best way? To become unfazed, you have to settle that. And so if you've not yet commit your life to Christ and he's not leading your life, I encourage you to consider that first. Because you have to settle that before God. Is he God that knows reality and can lead you into the best kind of life? If you've not yet committed your life to Christ, I encourage you to get information about that. And there's a next step that you can take today. Like Maybe even as I've been speaking and you've been reading that scripture and you've seen the picture of the withered life versus the prosperous life god may be speaking to you you just you kind of have a sense inside of you and and you think man i i want that and i don't know how to get it why i encourage you to consider committing your life to follow jesus if you've never done that you can do that today and here at church and we want to help you begin a relationship with jesus christ so you can experience this prosperous life that he has If you're interested in just learning more about what that means, there's a place on your connection card that I'll draw you to in a moment. And you can mark, just send me info, and we'll send you some information so you can learn how to do that. So as I close, I encourage you to take some next steps. So all of you, if you could pull out your connection card, and if you haven't finished filling that out, go ahead and do that right now.
We're going to be receiving our offering in a moment. And you can put that completed connection card uh, in there. So as, as you're filling that out, on the back side of the card, there are some next steps that you can take today. If this is true, what I'm talking about, this idea of prosperous life, focusing on the word of God and living it out, then every Sunday, this is what we do. We hear the word of God and we want to respond. We want to actually do something with what we've heard, do something with what we've learned. This is where the flourishing life comes. It's applying God's word. And so there's three next steps you'll see on the back of your connection card. This is my next step today is to the first one is, is to meditate on Psalm 1 this week. That idea of, of meditate, the prosperous life and the flourishing life comes as we meditate. It's, it's idea of you, you chew on it. You, you get into the Bible and you actually think about it and consider it and what that would mean, and what it would look like. You have to actually take the time to do that. And so on your handout, I've written out Psalm 1. And so you could take that handout with you and just read that this week. Take 10 minutes to read it. And ask the question, what, what does this mean? How is this different than things I see? How is that different than how I think? And so that's the next step you can take. The second one is to attend the rest of this series. We're going to be talking about how to be unfazed by other things, like uncertainty. The things that we don't know, how do, how do we become unfazed by that? And so I encourage you to attend the rest of this series the next three weeks after this. And consider a friend that you could invite as well. We want to welcome all people here at Church in the Valley. So if you have family members and friends and you were on like the scouting trip to check out the church to just kind of find out if like this is a bunch of weird people, you can go back and you can say, they're not that weird. Come and I'll have backup, right? So you could take that next step. And then the third is, like I mentioned at the beginning, and that is if you've never committed your life to Christ, and you've just been trying to figure out through the different sources how to flourish. And if you just feel withered, and there's something in that you think that you need to take steps toward Jesus Christ, uh, you can mark that on there. And if you're interested in making him the boss of your life and him leading your life, so it can really flourish, we, we want to help you do that as a church. So if you check that, we'll follow up with you and explain what that looks like. So once again, we are super glad that you're here. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to sing another song back to God and receive our offering. And then we're going to close out our service. We invite all of you to, to stay for refreshments after the service. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this church, for the opportunity to gather together and to learn more about the life that you want us to live. God, help us to identify the distraction in our own life. And to learn how to focus our mind on what is true. And so, God, I pray for anyone here that has not really read your, the scriptures before. And they might be skeptical and they may be confused. And they're not sure. God, I pray that you will give them strength this week to just read it. Maybe even for the first time. And I pray, God, that you will open our eyes and our hearts to understand it. And to see a different picture of the life that you want us to live. God, we thank you that you are a God that wants to speak to us. We ask that you'll allow us to hear. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.